I'm Sage. And I'm William. And this is Half, half as, as Well, where we promise Tolkien lore half as much as you should like. Explained half as well as you deserve. Okay. This episode is going out like a week late. We've just been in mourning. Yeah, in mourning for the show that could have been <laughs> um, the show we wanted. <laughs> um, not necessarily what we got. Well, I've prepared no concession speech, so let's just forge ahead into uh, the trenches of, of talking about this final episode. So let's start off with our trusty rubric. Yeah, as laid out by Tolkien in letter 131, the three major themes of the Second Age, the lingering of the elves in Middle-earth, the rise of Sauron to being a new tyrant of men, and the rise and fall of Numenor. We can start with that last one because that one didn't have as much in this than the other two. Uh, yeah, the, the big part of this is we, we see the death of Tar Palantir, um, or that he has died. Yeah, and so uh, we're really going to see Farazan try to really take over here soon. And we didn't get a whole lot. We did see... Um, a little bit with Aryan about them kind of making a statue for Palantir, which yeah. I thought was really interesting, um, given the fact that the Numenorians were renowned for their stonecraft, right? Um, specifically, making giant statues of people like the Argonath mm -hmm. in Middle Earth, and I think this is, is a really cool way to also tie into the Numenorians' longing for immortality. Mm -hmm. uh, the fact that uh, Palantir may have died, but his uh, his likeness and his statue will live on forever. Yeah. Supposedly. So I thought that was just a really cool way to tie their main craft in with one of the major themes of the Numenorians. I sort of like this um, aspect of Farazan where he's very respectful, you know, right, even though yeah. he, he clearly disagreed with like everything Tar Palantir did or stood for. Right. Um, he's, he's very much an honorable courtly guy yeah well at the end of the day palantir was a king of numenor yeah of the seed of Arendil. Mm -hmm. um so yeah farazan is all about numenor and even if he disagrees he would have you know some respect for his uncle right um i i just like that i i haven't been super pleased with the numenor plot overall so i i thought that showing farazan at the head of this kind of like we've got to make this beautiful sculpture really was a re redeeming aspect of this final episode. Mm -hmm, totally. But we can move on to the other uh, themes. There is the lingering of the elves, um, which kind of really comes uh, abruptly to fruition with the forging of the rings of power, the three elven rings, yeah. which I didn't think they were going to get to no. this early. Yeah, um, it's pretty It's pretty quick. I, you know, this is... I would say of all of this rubric that we've been, um, you know, judging each episode mm -hmm. by, the lingering of the elves, for me, has been, it, it's the one we've been able to consistently check in a lot of the episodes, Yeah, but the way we've checked it is supremely disappointing to me. No, I think of these uh, three areas we're grading the show on, this is the biggest disappointment for me. I give it like a D. Oh, um, I don't even. It's yeah, like, it's like it's like I guess you did enough that there's something there, but it really does not ring true with the lore for me at all. Yeah, I mean, so far what matches up the most is that 
the elves are fading. They're seeking a way to preserve their presence in Middle-earth, and they forge rings of power to do that. Like, yeah, that's the that's gist the of it. That's the general idea of what happens in the Second Age. But the way they've executed it, I just think, is pretty botched. I mean, going all the way back from the prologue, just not even mentioning that the elves left because of their pride against the Valar and wanting to rule their own lands— to Galadriel, like her desire to rule never being mentioned once really, to it seeming like a lot of the elves of Linden would come back to Valinor if they could, but they're waiting on Gilgalad to give them a pass, um, which is just not at all how that works. Yeah. Um, to how they go about even just making the Rings of Power in this episode, I'm just really... Bored. I'm really bored. It's really underwhelming. I think they could have... I mean, this is the Rings of Power. This is the show. This is what of all these storylines, this is the one that is most central that affects the others. And I just, I really think they dropped the ball on it. Yeah, there was um, a quote being passed around on Twitter um, that was sort of like, when we talk about adaptation, like we shouldn't be waiting there at the finish line, yelling at the characters to like hurry up and get there. Um, Which I totally understand. I think that's a a really good point about adaptation. However, (laughs) this concept seems fairly essential to the story itself Mm -hmm. and perhaps in future seasons they'll talk about how the elves disobeyed the valar and and that there's this power struggle this like celestial power struggle going on yeah i mean so far the most we've gotten of that is durin talking with his father and he was saying the elves time has come they were supposed to go back exactly but but none of the elves have actually said anything about that right which to be honest, doesn't seem like something they should be hiding about themselves necessarily. Like right. a lot of the elves were pretty proud about their reasons yeah, for being. Pride is their whole deal. Yeah, they they um, they weren't like silently, you know, languishing in Middle Earth. They were trying to rule and conquer that land and and yeah. conquer the people on it. So, I I'm missing that a lot, and I think it's a pretty important part. If they fill it in later, we'll see. But like, I don't know. For me, that that's like a huge. I I just kept waiting for that in this first season, and yeah, and then it never it. came. And and then the final one, which is the rise of Sauron. Um, probably this one hit it the hardest. Um, we finally got our Sauron reveal. I'm still in denial. Okay, I'll gladly be still in denial. Um, I have no problem with. Halbrand actually being Sauron. I think Charlie Vickers is excellent. I love his scenes in this episode. I have a lot of problems with the stranger just being a starry. Like, I, I think... I yeah. <laughs> um, no, I was hoping that it wouldn't be Halbrand. I was, you know, conceding that that was probably the most likely choice and the route they were going to go. And so I wasn't too surprised when they did uh, reveal him as Sauron, but I was pleasantly surprised with how he did with the role, and not only that, like a lo- how a lot of his dialogue was written. I mean, I have a lot of issues with the writing on this show, but I thought the characterization of Sauron was really good, and uh, we'll get into that a little bit more in our likes and dislikes. But um, but yeah, so we got him revealed. We get him. Um, sharing some knowledge with Celebrimbor about how to craft the Rings of Power, which again, I think they they got in, you know, the gist of it, but I, I think the 
actual meat of it is completely lacking. And yeah, and then we have him heading back to Mordor to wrestle control of it back from Adar and really establish Mordor as his home base, which is another little tidbit from the books that we know that Sauron was doing during this time. Yeah, overall, I I wish uh, that this had been spread out across this season. Uh, It's a a lot in one episode. Yeah, I feel like the show really lingered on parts that didn't necessarily need to. And then the main plot points from the lore, they've just completely rushed through without building up adequately. Yeah. Uh, Um, Yeah. Well, so. Do you have any likes that you want to discuss other than the kind of positive points of of, of what we just discussed? Uh, yeah, I would like to go a little bit more into Charlie Vickers as Sauron. Yeah. Um, I think for me that was easily the highlight of the episode. Totally. Um, and it kind of sucks that I was expecting it. I think I would have liked to have been surprised by this, but I didn't think they did a good job <laughs> at hiding that he was... Uh, yeah, like the as, prime candidate. as much as I was in the other camp of wanting the stranger to be Sauron, um, it's not because I didn't like see the signs that Halbrand was Sauron. Mm-hmm. I just thought it was like a weaker choice yeah. entirely. Um, yeah. And well, what I really liked about the stranger is um, I kind of see Sauron's relapse into evil in the second age and sort of three stages. The first stage where he's genuinely wanting to do good. The second stage where he's realizing that to do that, he needs to rule over Middle Earth. He's the only one that can Mm -hmm. do it. And then the third stage is he becomes more obsessed with eliminating free will and ruling in order to do that, that he forgets kind of what he's trying to do. And just eliminating free will becomes his goal as opposed to healing Middle Earth. With The Stranger, he would have been in that first stage and still have a long way to fall. That would have been very exciting And I would have think that would have been very compelling. Uh, Halbrand as Sauron, he's kind of already in the second stage. He's already manipulative. He's already on board with the fact that he has to take over and rule, um, which is fine. Uh, I didn't expect them really to dabble too much with, like, good Sauron, um, but, you know. You've got five seasons. Yeah, exactly. So I, I could I think they could have taken their time with the stranger and really developed him into the Sauron we know. Um, instead, they're kind of just revealing Halbrand as already kind of there. Pretty which, hot, though. Yeah, oh, he's, he looks great. <laughs> I love everything he does in this episode. Um, I have some issues, again, with the placement of it and mm-hmm. uh, how quickly we kind of rush through this reveal. Right. Um, but I, I think the mind warping he does with galadriel is top tier oh Um, yeah the whole scene with finrod already the first scene with finrod was one of my favorite scenes (laughs) Yeah, you would not stop talking about finrod (laughs) um well i just think he did a really great job at um capturing one of my favorite elves of the lore but then to have him use finrod against galadriel and to have that actor play finrod as sauron i thought was really great yeah that whole scene was really unsettling his performance was just like slightly off his hair and makeup the lighting was like slightly off and it just gave this really unsettling feeling yeah uh it reminds me also a lot of this uh story from the first age where sauron was tasked with finding the secret layer of the outlaw mortal barahir and he traps one of Barahir's men, Gorlim, and is able to manipulate him into revealing the secret lair by using this phantom of his dead wife 
against him. And so, um, and Sauron is a master of phantoms and delusions. And so I thought this was a really cool way to show that with Galadriel to use Finrod against her. Um, yeah. So altogether, all that, that was maybe one of my favorite scenes of the whole season as well. I also really liked how they portrayed Sauron. Again, I, I'm a big fan of the repentant Sauron at the beginning of the Second Age. So there are parts where, I mean, he's lying and he's manipulating Galadriel, but you know, I do think there is a bit of a sincerity there, or at least that he believes he's trying to save Middle-earth. And I thought that was really cool. I liked what he said about uh, when a Galadriel accuses him of being a friend of Morgoth and that he feels like, I actually feel like I have a hand unclenched from my throat. Like, um, you get the idea that he wasn't too big of a fan of Morgoth, especially by the end of their time together. Yeah. Which was always kind of my headcanon anyway. So I like that. I love... The visuals of Aragion. Oh, yeah. It looked really Absolutely cool. Absolutely some of the best of the season. I want to um, see a lot more. Um, I know. I feel like we just get these like uh, wide <laughs> cityscapes. And then it's shots. like we're in Celebrimbor's office or his forge or the courtyard. Um, yeah. And, you know, but for what for what was there, I, I loved it. Yeah. Um, I think the costume design was kind of next level in this episode with mm-hmm. especially Galadriel's green dress with the gold accents absolutely out of this world beautiful uh I loved Celebrimbor's smithing uh, outfit I'm like why was he not wearing that why the wasn't whole time? he wearing it the whole time um anytime that the elves hair falls in their faces and isn't just like you know gelled into this like perpetual yeah uh you know 1980s dream Mm -hmm. uh whenever it falls in their face i'm just like wow all of these people are very attractive so um that happened a few times in this episode and i know sauron is still halbrad he's not like anatar at least not yet yeah um but i loved his uh like blue outfit he looked very um, like dark it almost looked black but like yeah yeah um I thought it was really funny when Galadriel and Halbrand first ride up and Halbrand's like just <laughs> bent over his horse like I mean you got to respect him for uh, committing to the bit. It was like 6 days ride just like <laughs> ragdoll. I it, like it was I don't think it was supposed to be as funny as I found it but I enjoyed that part. Yeah. Well, I mean, I just think the whole idea is also just kind of funny that Sauron's just pretending to be dying Yeah, and true. he's just like yeah, he's totally. fine. Yeah, <laughs> um, exactly. And that probably brings us... That's about all I liked. Yeah. <laughs> Let me actually wait. There's more okay. that I liked. Um, I'm surprised coming from you. Well, it, it's like with a big asterisk. Okay. So before it's revealed that the stranger is not Sauron, everything that happens where the moon cult is there... The, the priestesses are like, you are Lord Sauron. And they're like, oh, like lots of power is going on. Lots of evil. Absolutely exquisite. Exactly what I wanted. This was the Sauron reveal I wanted. Uh, and it was better than I even imagined. It was great. It was so good. And then they <laughs> dropped me off a cliff. And then they, they, they fucked it all up. And not only did they fuck <laughs> it up, but they, the, the line they choose to fuck it up is just him saying, I am good. Like, all right, yeah, let's, let's just get into dislikes, because this is all tied this together. This is all um, dislikes, yeah. It, it's just... I, I think even if I was on board with him being a starry, that whole line, like, I am good, I 
I still thought was just corny as it was fuck. bad. Yeah. It was really bad. Um, yeah, I loved this. I loved the idea that you have these two parties, the Harfoots and the Mystics. And if he was Sauron, that they're kind of fighting over his soul. Yeah. You have the Harfoots representing his potential future, what he can accomplish. He can truly heal Middle Earth like he did with like the tree and the grove. But then you also have his old servants, like his past, dragging him back to what he was. And so having this actual battle play out between the Harfoots and the Mystics, with the stranger kind of being confused in the middle, uh, I loved that whole concept. And then I I even expected him to kill the Mystics, but still be Sauron. Right, totally. Um, but then the whole, like, no, I'm good. And then uh, the Gandalf line at the end, I just think is such a waste. I just think having the mystics not know who is who, zero out of ten. Like, yeah, it really just feels like this whole arc was just set up to be just a big red herring. Like, and that was the whole point of it. Well, yeah. (laughs) And it's just like, wait, these mystics are like, they're not normal beings. Like, they, they are clearly in touch with other powers and... Um, I, I think the idea that they've been, you know, following the stranger the whole time and then being like, oh, he's not, oh, he's a story. I hate it. I, I hate every single part of it. Um, not least of which is the fact that it's just there as a fake out. I, I yeah. think that is like the lowest form of narrative writing you can do. There's a difference between a twist and... Like a completely like, like a deliberate fake, like, deliberate yeah. fake storyline to mm-hmm. mislead people. Maybe I feel that way in particular because I was misled, but um, I don't know. It, a, a lot of people weren't. A lot of people knew it was Halbrand the whole time and felt very confident in that. And I, I just think that's shitty. Like that it was written poorly. Yeah, the fact that so few people were like, "Oh, it can't be the stranger." Even if it's someone they're directly setting up to be a red herring, I just, yeah, I don't know. I thought it was really, uh, I think the only way that works is if it turns out that he is Sauron. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, it, I mean, exactly. And like, uh, we're going to have a section at the end of this called Smoke the Copium, where I, I go into my very d- in deep denial, denial. <laughs> uh, theories about that. But yeah. um, And well, one reason I wanted The Stranger to be Sauron, in addition to, like, I think the potential for that storyline... Uh, is also because I was afraid of the alternative, which is that he is Astari. And, and even worse, Gandalf. And even worse, Gandalf, which I, I still hope is not quite true. But again, I'll smoke a little copium later with you. But everyone's been kind of arguing over, well, he can't be Gandalf. Gandalf didn't arrive till year 1000 of the Third Age, and this is the Second Age. And then people are like, well, the, the Blue Wizards came in the Second Age, which is true. But for me, the... Uh, the timeline of their arrival doesn't matter so no. much as the manner of his arrival. 100%. This falling down from the stars in this like flaming meteor, to me, flies in the face of the entire purpose of the Astari. And I'm surprised not more people are kind of talking about this. Because, you know, they're not just magic dudes that were sent to by the Valar to use their magic to aid the people of no. Middle-earth. They were sent... To hide their magic and only use wise counsel and wisdom. Right. These are these are Maiar spirits who take the forms of old men specifically to appear humble and to uh, kind of 
quietly influence and quietly yeah, to aid. completely veil their power. Yeah. And I'm going to read a quote from Unfinished Tales about why the Valar did that. And this the Valar did, desiring to amend the errors of old, especially that they had attempted to guard and seclude the Eldar by their own might and glory fully revealed. Whereas now their emissaries were forbidden to reveal themselves in forms of majesty or to seek to rule the wills of men or elves by open displays of power. Yeah. <laughs> and that's definitely referencing um, when the elves first awoke and they, uh, the Valar went to war with Melkor and captured him, but then also summoned the elves to come live with them in Valinor because they were so taken by the beauty of the children of Iluvatar and their desire to teach them things. And kind of selfishly, I might add. Almo, the Lord of Waters, counseled them to let them run wild and free in Middle-earth. Because if you bring them up to these heights, it's going to be really easy for them to fall very low, which is what happens with the Noldor throughout the Silmarillion. And so you get the idea that the Valar have kind of realized, like, oh, maybe having like ourselves in our full might around these lesser beings can really lead to some frustrations and then later resentment. Um, which is not what we want. We do genuinely want to help them. So we need to help them subtly. And I don't know how sending their emissary over in a giant flaming ball of fire accomplishes that. If Like, they're really lucky he landed near Harfoots, who don't have much contact with the outside world, because if he landed near a village of men, then the jig is up. It's like, oh, so you're obviously sent by the Valar. Well... Also, which is not what they want. He has no fucking idea what he's there for. He's so confused. He's ultimately confused to a dangerous extent. That is not what the Istari are supposed to like. They, they are there with a mission. They always know who they are. Like they, yeah, they have to relearn everything through experience um, as a man. Right. But they still have that deep primal purpose driving them. And he seems just to not have... He has to be he's reminded very, of that. Yeah, he's very, like, confused. He doesn't know what he's there to do. And and through that, he shows a lot of works of miracles. Like, obviously. Like, he's magical. Yeah, which, again, like, I don't think the Valar would send him over in that state if he was just going to pop off and do a bunch of magic. That flies in the face of what they're trying to accomplish with these emissaries. It just so, botched... Completely. And the only reason I feel like they did this is uh, if he arrived by boat, like the Astari do, um, we would know he's Astari, and they wanted us to think he's Sauron. So again, it's all part of this deliberate fake-out, which to me just feels very cheap and hacky. And I, I would have been fine with this, if even if he was Gandalf, I, if they just did the origin where he arrives by boat. But now I'm just, I, I feel like I'm not going to be able to get over that. How um, ironic that Halbrand arrives by boat. Oh, <laughs> now I'm pissed off again. Yeah. Um, Obnoxious. Um, okay, let's let's move on a little bit from the stranger because um, I'll have more things to say about him in a little bit. But yet again, I do not like how old Celebrimbor is, uh, especially in this episode because, I mean, this is the first time we've actually seen him in play. I'm really disappointed by how little we've seen him, period. Absolutely. Um, this he, sh- is, he should he be should the be a, major player of the second part age. Of this. Um, I, I think I am very interested if we ever get more behind the scenes, uh, stories from how the original younger actor left the production, 
mm-hmm. um, and and how all of that went down because it clearly affected the production of this first season like a ton. Um, yeah, or at least that's what it feels. That's like. That's what it feels like. And um, I don't like that he's. I think because of his age, because of the actor's age, uh, which I don't think they need to do this. I, I think we can have an older actor and not do this. But in the influence of of Halbrand Sauron, we see him presented as like kind of a doddering fool in a very like Bilbo Baggins type of way, like Bilbo under the influence of the ring where he's like confused and just like, you know. Yeah. I need Kevin Grimbor <laughs> to be a little less Bilbo and a little more Feanor. No, 100%. And Bilbo and Feanor are nothing alike. Like so, spectrum. <laughs> again, it's just another odd choice of this show. I'm, I'm really confused by what they're trying to do there. I just, I, I, I hate it. I hate it. I hate it. I, I personally, and, and people will definitely disagree with this take, but um, personally, I feel like the lore has been de-sexed a lot, um, which is a crazy thing to say about Tolkien. I, I, I mean, as far as literature goes, like there's few stories that are as sexless as Tolkien but like there's stuff in there that like even if it's not talking about sex it's talking about primal base emotions and I feel like a lot of that aspect of the work which is one of my of course one of my favorite parts of the lore has been stripped and everything seems very surface level and yeah. political and casual. Tolkien's description of how a lot of this goes down is Sauron's seduction of right. the elves of Aragion. Uh, I think at another point he says the elves flirted with uh, Sauron's like councils. And <laughs> uh, so, I mean, just, you know, the word choice definitely has a, a bit of a, uh, like you said, that really primal right. I don't, um, you know, feel to it. Like, let's let me completely come clean. Of course, what I want is like sexy, sexy Sauron seducing a sexy, sexy Celebrimbor, and they're really like hammering the rings. You know, they're they're doing some good yeah. good work up in that tower. Of course, that's what I want. I'm a trash person, but like, just just play with me a little. Just like, can't you just give me a little bit? Like, even if it's not sexual, just give me the depth of that feeling, and I will. I will be happy. Yeah. In a similar vein to you feeling like they've they've stripped the the sexiness out of this. Um, one of my other big complaints next to the stranger with this episode is I feel like they have stripped the magic out of forging Ugh. magic rings of power. One hundred percent. It's so scientific. Um, and it reminds me a lot of the uh, the cursed sword being used to make Mount Doom erupt. I mean, it's already a cursed <laughs> sword that requires blood to grow. But, it's like a Rube Goldberg machine. Like we turn this, and then this falls, and then that goes, and it's like, where's the magic? Yeah, it's like okay, so water, <laughs> gravity, and the orc engineering, and a, a chemical <laughs> reaction of water and lava is what causes it to erupt. And again, it all goes back to this cursed sword. You couldn't just have had this cursed sword do some human sacrifice so, and then make this evil mountain, which right. like Melkor had uh, actually raised Mount Doom up using his vast evil power um it's already tied to melkor why why are you making this scientific where's the necromancy where's the magic yeah uh, where's all of this stuff that is pretty key yeah and then with the rings of power too it's like anatar gifts the elves with you know these secrets of craft he didn't like 
teach them how to make alloys. Um, like they know how to make rings. He teaches them how to make magic rings. That's the knowledge oh he bequeaths to them. Uh, well, did you know that if you add one metal to another metal, sometimes it makes a stronger metal? And well, I went back and re- <laughs> I went back and rewatched that, and I mean, it does seem like like Celebrimbor is aware no, of alloys. Totally. It's just like, oh, I didn't think of that. And what a fucking idiot! I, dude. I think sometimes this show tries to make Sauron look more crafty, but they do it in a way that just makes either Celebrimbor or Galadriel look really dumb, and. I mean, at this point, I'm like, the elves deserve to be taken over. Like, yeah. this guy knows everything, and they know nothing. But, I don't know, with the whole Rings of Power, I, are, I already had issues with how we got here. Like, the urgency of the elves fading oh, by spring, terrible. I think, is really Just dumb. Terrible. Um, so, I already disagree with their motivations for getting here. But then, how it just goes down is, like, it's just a couple of dudes in the workshop together, and not, like... I'm like, why are they not singing incantations of sorcery over these rings to like why is Halbrand or Sauron not teaching them how to like imbue a part of their desires to beautify Middle Earth into the physical matter of Middle Earth instead they're just making normal rings and I mean I'm sure I guess they have powers but like you didn't show me any of that. No, they just look like normal rings, except, except they have Mithril. Oh. Ooh, the magical Mithril. And that's the other issue, too, is when they do go into these magical properties of things, they over-explain them. And it's like, no, again, things can just be magic, and you yeah. don't need to get that into it. Um, you don't right. need to make up this alchemy between lightning, tree, Silmaril, Balrog, and an elf <laughs> with a heart as pure as Manway. Um, it's so fucked. The whole Mithril thing is so fucked up. Like, okay, I I think what's what's the most frustrating is it's not like I have just watched this and I I don't like it. I've watched this, I don't like it, and then the showrunners have come out with statements about it, explaining why they did it, and it is the worst shit ever. Like, they wanted to show a through line from the magic of the Silmarils to the magic of Mithril. I'm like, do you not understand that like connecting all the dots in a magical world where it's like, it's all part of one thing. I mean, in a world like Star Wars, where it's all the force that can feel very holy, but it's set out from the beginning that way. In a world like Tolkien, where it's like a very soft magic, there are different like, you know, locuses of power. Mm Mm-hmm. It actually makes the world feel a lot less magical. If everything is just connected, like this power's from this, and then that power's from this, and it's all from the same source. It's not my favorite thing at all. It's it sounds like they really wanted Mithra to have some magic property to make the rings out of. Um, and that's fine. Like I'm fine with giving Mithril properties it doesn't have in the books. But to tie it in with the Silmarils is just like uh, Why? Why? I don't understand that. There's already, I think, something there um, in that because Morgoth tried to imbue the very physical nature of Arda with his evil will, um, a lot of elements like gold are filled with his essence. Um, But silver was something he couldn't truly conquer, and Mithril is true silver. So, like, they could have just done something as simple as, uh, it's unstained by Morgoth, so this will help us not fade. Because it's the stain of Morgoth, which is why they're fading. Right. Um, essentially. And which, so, which, of course, we haven't talked about at all, at all. in the show. Um, yeah. 
and I don't know how the rights are all tied into that, but I think there's ways they can write and work around it. And if this is their solution, it's a really sloppy, clunky uh, one that brings up more problems than it solves. You want to smoke some copium? I'm trying to think if there's anything else. Oh, no, I've got I've got more frustrations. I got more issues. I got more issues. Okay. So let me for a second pretend that I accept that Halbrand is Sauron. Let me get myself into that mind space. Okay. So putting aside how good Charlie Vickers' performance as Sauron is, which I really love. Um, I hate that he reveals himself to Galadriel. I hate that Galadriel was ever fooled by him at all. Um, I hate that his time in Aragion has come to an end so quickly. Uh, I know he'll come back. Well, I fucking hope he'll come back. He he better. I hate that we have some indication. Earlier you said he's not in his Anatar form yet. I'm not so sure. He said, think of it as a gift. That's a clear... Oh, that's definitely a reference to Anatar. Reference to Anatar, but... Well, what I meant by that is he's not presenting himself as an emissary of the Valar. That's true. I think he still could be in his Halbrand form and be like, by the way, I'm not just a human king of the Southlands. I am the apprentice of Outlay. I hate the whole king of the Southlands plot. It's totally unnecessary. Very unnecessary. And he could also, have just been a stranger on the road that it, Galadriel meets. It makes everyone look so stupid. And it, it, it felt really stupid when they say are you the king that was promised? And he's like, sure. Yes. (laughs) It's like, what? Like that felt really stupid. I'm like, does he have the one ring right now? And he's using it to like, I influence people. Yeah. Yep. That's all you need to know. No, uh, exactly. I also do not understand why. Okay. Let's say he's Sauron. Let's say that everything. Yeah. Okay. It all makes sense. Sure. Why is he already to the point? It's his first, it's his first fucking day in a region. He's sick. They heal him. He's immediately up on his feet. Crazy, crazy, wild, not believable at all. He just, well, I think, a... I think the implication is a lot of time has passed, but they did a really poor job of showing it. Is that the implication? Because she's like, you should be resting. <laughs> I don't know if he awoke that day. You know. It seems like it. Yeah, I no, mean, what, in one scene she's standing over him, they're healing him. In the well, next scene, he's like running around. Well, I mean, this is part of the like. In one scene, Elrond's in Casa Doom. Then he's in Aragion. Then he's in Linden, and it's like show, a day has passed. This show is not good. It has no concept at, of time. No, which and, is really weird because the forging of the rings of power have a lot to do with the passing of time. Exactly. <laughs> um, but anyway. Anyway. So he's running around. It's his first time in Aragion, no matter how long he's there. It's his like first day walking around, clearly, when this starts to happen. And he's just like, let's forge the fucking rings. What? Like, no attempt to kind of cement his position there at Aragion before he, he embarks on this. It like He's like, we're going to make two Ooh, for us, Galadriel. Okay, so you're going to like launch this kind of like massive plan without a lot to support it i i just think it's wild i i think it does not live up to the manipulative standards of of sauron it's not a, a well thought out plan because basically galadriel immediately says um what the fuck (laughs) <laughs> no way and he's like okay i'm gone well it's bye. like all his manipulation was on galadriel and then they're just taking galadriel's word this is a trustworthy man 
Um, so he doesn't need to manipulate anyone else because he's already manipulated Galadriel. Um, so yeah, I think we're losing a lot of the story I there. Just, it, it just and like this is what the story should be. It's a bad plan um, for him. Like yeah. like he's gonna kind of ruin his visage with this group of people and like Galadriel knows him now and and knows who he truly is. It just it just yeah. seems like a, a poorly constructed way or like way to deal with Aragion and Celebrimbor if eventually that's mm-hmm. where we're supposed to create the one ring. I am done. Are you now ready to smoke some copium? Yep. Okay. So, hear me out. Tell me about how Halbrand is at, not actually Sauron. It's time to smoke the copium. Halbrand is not Sauron. He's a servant of Sauron. Here's my evidence. He never calls himself Sauron. He's very vague, right? Yeah, he still has not He's said He's that. not said he's Sauron. He's not said he's Anatar. But the line that really makes me think is he's talking to Galadriel and he says, Thank you, Galadriel. I'll never forget like all the things you did for me to get me to this place. And she's like, uh, and then he leans in closer, like a total creep. And he's just like, and I'll make sure no one else forgets. Now you've said that this might be like, you know, him. Like when we're ruling together, like, no uh, one will forget your power. And like, you are at my side. Yeah. Yeah. I'm like, no, 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 no. He's working for Sauron. Um, and he is sort of telling her, like, when Sauron actually comes, her, her, uh, her, sure. the part that she played in, in getting him into Aragion will not be forgotten. And, like, the friendship she showed him will not be forgotten. And, and the true Lord of Gifts will, um, yes, the true Lord of Gifts will her. be friendly towards her. Yeah, so who do you think Sauron is? I think Sauron's the stranger. <laughs> just just playing that long game? Yeah, I'm playing the long game. Um, okay. Here's why I think it's the stranger. Uh, because it sucks if it's not the stranger. <laughs> yeah. And um, I think that, you know, maybe they're going to do like a triple cross in this, uh, this terrible writing of this show. Maybe they're not above that because this has been pretty bad so far. Okay, let me take a hit of that thing okay. and uh, play with you a little bit. Um, yeah, one thing that I thought was interesting was the whole reveal that Halbrand isn't the king of the Southlands is this scroll that says that his people died out thousands of years ago. The, the bloodline was ended. If he was a servant of Sauron, a uh, ring wraith would make the most sense. And if Sauron had already gifted him with uh, maybe a lesser ring of power that he, maybe he's already made, maybe Halbrand is like the last of that bloodline. But he's just been kicking it for a few thousand years with his extended life. Love it. Um, I'm here for it. Now, he's still, even though he doesn't say his name is Sauron, he's still obviously implying to Galadriel he is Sauron and not someone else like the Witch King. But again, maybe Sauron has instructed him to pretend to be him. Unfinished Tales does say that Sauron always... uh, wanted to keep distinct his two separate sides, uh, enemy and tempter. So maybe Sauron the enemy is still out there, but this is uh, his servant being the tempter. Um, I don't think that's the case. Um, <laughs> but to go even further down the rabbit hole, all right, we got this guy walking around in this nice uh, blue shirt or jacket, if you will. Uh, he's saying, 
he's been around since before the breaking of the first silence. That would maybe make him like eldest. Uh, he's gone by many <laughs> names. Like maybe E.R. Wayne, oldest, Benadar, fatherless, or maybe even Tom Bombadil. Just Tom Bombadil looking for his gold. Berry. If that's if yeah, exactly. And also he's got a thing for uh, blonde women. So um, <laughs> you know, it all tracks. It's just he hasn't been singing enough yet. I love it. Um, My that it would be so hilarious if he is just this dark, gritty interpretation of Tom, Tom Bombadil. Bombadil. Yeah, I mean Tom Bombadil could do what Halbrand did to Galadriel. Like he can transport someone's mind. He has that power. Again, we know this he is does. true. Um, he, so you know he could be Sauron. He could be uh, the Witch King or a lesser Nazgul, or he could be Tom. My my final theory is that uh, Halbrand and the stranger are both Sauron. They are just different parts. So we oh, have, the whole Adar yeah, splitting him open. Thing. Yeah, yeah. We, we have the Myron half, who's like the elemental Myar. And then we have the uh, sort of ex-servant of Morgoth part, who's uh, like a, a cunning necromancer in, okay. um, in Halbrand. I wasn't a big fan of that theory until we got to this reveal. And now I'll take what I can get. I'll take what um, I can get. As long as it means in some way the stranger is Sauron and not a wizard, I'm fine with that. But we'll see. Okay. Yeah. I mean, follow us on Twitter. <laughs> at Half as Well Pod. Uh, we're in it for the long haul. I think we're going to have one more episode next week where we talk about the whole season um, at large. And, and then... And where the trajectory of the show is kind of yeah, heading. where so. we think we're going to head next season and, and stuff like that then we're gonna take a, a pretty long break because uh, we've been doing this for i think this is our 30th episode or something like that yeah um and as we've mentioned in past uh episodes these past couple months have been very uh <laughs> busy busy for us between moving and getting married and we still have a lot to do a lot to unpack and we'll eventually get back on it and be delivering some more uh content your way well and if you're you know if you're wanting more half as well content definitely follow us on twitter at half as well pod we should have some blog posts put up during this this hiatus um so there are still ways that you can interact with us and uh, tell sure. your friends about it and, and go back and listen. If you just watched Rings of Power and um, and you're sort of feeling a need to, to touch the, the real Tolkien grass, uh, hey, it still exists. You can always go back to yeah, it. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, we're not just a Rings of Power uh, wrap-up podcast. Definitely our, not. our first whole <laughs> section of our podcast <laughs> was not. about reading through The Hobbit, The Lord of the Rings, and The Silmarillion. And really diving deep into the lore there. So make sure to check those episodes out as well. And going forward, we're also not going to just be a Rings of Power wrap-up podcast. Uh, we are going to read some of the other literature, uh, but we have some other creative things on our plate for the rest of the year, basically. Yeah. And uh, we're just going to take a little break. So just keep an eye out for any of that stuff dropping. Yep. I'm Sage. And I'm William. And this is Half, Half as Well. well.